Thanks for joining us today on Mormon Land, where we explore news in and about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm managing editor Dave Noyce, and I oversee the Solid Tribune's faith coverage. We remind our listeners about another way to support Mormon Land. Just go to patreon.com, where with a small donation, you can access transcripts to our podcast and our complete newsletter. Again, that's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Mormonland. Now for today's show. The world watched last week as Russian troops invaded Ukraine. Caught in the crosshairs were more than 11,000 Ukrainian Latter-day Saints. In this special episode, the Salt Lake Tribune spoke with members across the country to learn about how they're faring, as well as how their congregations have banded together before and after the bombs started to drop. Alex Ganev, who lives near the southwestern port city of Odessa, shared his story with Tribune journalist and Mormonland producer Chris Samuels as he and his family drove across Romania on a multi-day trek to northern Germany where his brother lives. He spoke with Samuels on Friday about his family's escape, the church in Ukraine, and the generosity they received on their journey across Europe. Uh, so... Uh... On December, we, well, actually before December, but uh, we felt to move from Kyiv and uh, we didn't really understand the reasons. Uh, just, uh, I just had a feeling we should buy a house somewhere in Odessa region. So we uh, chose a, a small town where my father and mother-in-law uh, live. So we've bought a house there and uh, we were renting actually in Kyiv. And uh, well, the main reason we have, uh, we, we were planning to buy an apartment in a Kyiv, but uh, uh, the prices uh, rise sharply uh, on around November of the uh, 2021. So we thought we already have a plan to buy something, uh, some so like a house or apartment. So we looked around and we thought uh, the Odessa region would be a good place to live. Uh, our, you know, like a small motherland, <laughs> as we say. So uh, we moved from Kyiv on uh, February 18th, just a, a week ago, or a little bit more than a week ago. And uh, we've spent uh, uh, there in Bileevka. It's a small town, uh, 40 or 50 kilometers from Odessa uh, towards the south, towards the Moldavian border. Uh, two days ago, uh, uh, on Wednesday, Wednesday night, like uh, 10 p.m., uh, we came to Ismail. It's a small town close to Romanian border. It's uh, still within the borders of Odessa district. And we have uh, came there to visit my parents. It's my hometown and my parents still live there. Uh, and uh, Thursday morning, my mother woke us up and she said the war has started. And uh, I was, it struck me. I, I could not believe this would happen. I thought Putin was just trying to, you know, pushing, uh, trying to uh, achieve some agreement, you know, to win some uh, benefits. And uh, I thought uh, he would never dare to attack Ukraine directly. It would be, you know, too stupid. So many people in Ukraine have uh, friends in Russia and same in Russia. So many people have friends and relatives in Ukraine. Uh, but 
it looks like uh, Putin lives in some, you know, parallel reality. He doesn't understand uh, what's going on in the world. Like people don't want this war. Most of them, they don't. And uh, um, you had moved to from Kiev to Odessa just within a week ago. And we're, right, and we're February eighteenth. Uh, wow! And have your parents uh, left Ukraine as well? Uh, no, my mother, uh, she's with us because she has international passport. And uh, my father and uh, my mother and father-in-law, they uh, uh, stayed in Ukraine uh, because uh, there is also. Uh, my wife's uh, grandmother uh, he she's uh, very weak uh, she cannot travel so they have to stay uh, with her and they also don't have the international passports and also Ismail and Bilaevka are quite uh, peaceful places uh, yet uh, so now it's a complex of uh, reasons why we didn't take them with us and also no space in a car. Yeah. And uh, so they, they're still there. So uh, last month, uh, I believe it was late January, the church, the Latter-day Saint church had evacuated missionaries from Ukraine. Did that give you a sense of, of I guess, heightening your preparation or, or what were your feelings back then? Um, I didn't feel any, like I, my friend from US, uh, he was calling me, telling me that uh, Biden has, uh, you know, had a speech, official speech that Russia is going to attack Ukraine. And I thought it was just uh, some kind of political manipulation. And uh, I thought, well, yeah, church has to move the missionaries from the uh, from the area which uh, looks uh, risky. So I thought, well, they just have to do it, you know, uh, just to uh, let the parents of the missionaries uh, feel okay about uh, them staying on a mission. So I didn't really pay much attention on that. And, uh, well, just in case, we had a plan uh, because our church leaders told us to be prepared. So we have prepared our, you know, main stuff, like 72 hours case and uh, uh, documents, everything. I have called my uh, cousin. Uh, he lives in uh, Kishinev in uh, Moldova. Uh, and uh, I called him. I asked him if we could stay there for a month or a few weeks if something happens. He said, sure, no problem. You can come. And uh, we've discussed just a few days ago, we've discussed uh, how it's impossible for Russia to attack Ukraine. And uh, I've called my younger brother. Uh, he lives in Germany on the border uh, with Holland. And uh, I told him also, you know, if something happens, I don't really believe it will. But if it happens, uh, can we come and spend some time uh, in your house? He said, sure, no problem. You're welcome to any time. Uh, so, so uh, 
you know, we had a plan. So uh, Thursday morning when everything started, I, you know, I have checked and rechecked and uh, triple checked all of the news, make sure that it's really happening. It's uh, not something, you know, not a fake news or anything like that. And uh, then I thought, you know, I was trying to figure out what to do. Uh, and I thought, you know, we had a plan and uh, everything else is just emotions. So it's better to follow the plan. And I told my wife, we go to my brother. She, did, she said, do you feel we should go? And I said, you know, I am scared. I'm worried. I'm afraid I can't feel well. I can't feel this promptings of the spirit. I'm not sure. But... I think we had a plan. So now when it's time to use the plan, we use the plan. And if we're wrong, we just spend a few days and uh, some, you know, not too much money for this travel and they go back and uh, it's going to be okay. But if it's right, you know, the benefits will, you know, we will see the benefits. So now we see the uh, man uh, over 18, well, starting 18 up to 60 are forbidden to leave Ukraine uh, to because the general mobilization has started in Ukraine. So now it's uh, much harder to leave the country uh, right. with the family or to help the family to move from the country. Tell us about the church in Ukraine. Um, what is it like? How large is each congregation? The church is uh, still uh, quite small, and uh, but still we have uh, branches or even wards in many cities in Ukraine. And uh, um, there are many people who... Uh, uh, attending the church and uh, you know really trying to live the gospel even though surely as in all of the world we have many less active members it was a big trial for many members to uh, do online uh, worshiping um, it was a big trial and uh, also many uh, good active church members they have left Ukraine for the last uh, five or ten years uh, trying to find a more um, you know a better place a more uh, a safe place for living or a place where you can be sure in tomorrow and you know something more stable and uh, uh, we've tried to stay in Ukraine uh, to build the church, to follow the prophets, uh, um, I would say his uh, recommendation to uh, to build the church, to build the Zion, uh, to strengthen the stakes in the region uh, we lived. Uh, even we moved from city to city, but uh, we preferred to stay in Ukraine and to you know to make our country better. Because uh, I can see uh, how it's important to have a uh, like a core, you know, inside the country, uh, at least a small group of people who are, you know, uh, honest, generous, and uh, sincere, loving, and uh, so. Uh, uh, 
Thanks. I thought, you know, we better stay. And uh, so, Alex, um, you said you're currently on the road. Um, you're in Romania right now, and you'll eventually make your way up to Germany, um, where your brother lives. Yeah, it, it'll be very hard to predict, obviously. But what what do you think about the future um, for you or for your family in Ukraine? Uh, I have a feeling that uh, we will not be able to go back home for for a long time. So uh, uh, I would like everything to stop soon, but. <laughs> I just have a feeling it won't, and uh, we will have to spend uh, maybe a year, maybe more than a year, far from home. And how how is your wife and children? Um, how are they doing with w- with these circumstances and what they think? Uh, they're they're glad we we left, and. Uh, my daughter, she's the youngest, and uh, she was born in Kiev. So our apartment in Kiev is the only home she knows. And uh, time to time, uh, she's crying to. She wants to go back home. That's, yeah, I can understand that. Is there anything else that um, you wanted to say or have uh, people in, in Utah know um, about you or your situation or the church? Uh, no, I just want to thank uh, people in Utah and actually all over the world, uh, the returned missionaries and uh, friends and just good people ever. Everywhere in the world, supporting Ukraine, praying for Ukraine, you know, raising their voices to uh, to show they're not supporting these uh, artificial reasons of the uh, war, of the attack of Kiev and uh, all of Ukraine. And uh, I want to thank to the volunteers uh, in Romania who has supported us very much uh, last night. We have uh, turned to volunteers to ask for help to help us find to find a, a place to stay for a night, and uh, they not just found a place; they also paid the, uh, the they booked the uh, hotel for us. It was really good. Uh, uh, spacious, uh, you know, uh, apartment uh, where it was really comfortable to stay, and uh, we're praying for those people too. And uh, even we were refusing. We we said, you know, we can't afford it. It's okay. We we were prepared, and uh, I told them uh, I worry for other people who will follow us, and uh, I would like to save their hosp- hospitability for for others who will follow us. Uh, traveling from Ukraine and uh, the guy has told me uh, it's uh, it is uh, 50,000 people in Fokshani we can help you all and uh, it touched my heart so much and uh, many friends in US they also write us and call us and uh, they say you know you're welcomed you can stay we have place to leave we ha- you, we can you know um, this is a very touching moment uh, I can feel uh, I can feel the real love and care uh, from uh, side of the people who know us and people who don't even know us 
and uh, I think this is I think this is the power uh, which is uh, stronger than any weapon and uh, any aggression. This is a power of love, and I want to thank everyone who is uh, reaching out to people who are in need or who might be not in need yet, but it's so good to know we are not alone. Thank you very much. Well, Alex Ganyev, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank and, you too. Um, we wish you and your family the very best um, in the days and weeks going forward. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mormon Land will be right back. It didn't seem to matter what happened at the treatment center for troubled teenagers. She was obviously dead. There was no chance that we could save her. He would just like grab your arm and then pull it behind your back in a way that felt like he was gonna like dislocate your shoulder. Was it supposed to hurt? So I guess it's supposed to bring compliance. They said, okay, well, the police are here. I guess they just want to look into a few things. I mean, this is the kind of girls you're going to question. Of course, they're going to say bad things. The state of Utah always gave the owners another chance. I don't think I lifted a finger. The public might think, well, it's the role of licensing to go in there with the heavy fist and close them down on the spot. Well, it's not. This has been a problem in the state of Utah for a long, long time. Sent Away is a new investigative podcast from the newsroom that brought you in the dark. It shines a light on the epicenter of America's teen treatment industry through the voices of people touched by it. You feel like you're doing something good for your child. You feel like you're finally safe. You feel like she'll finally be safe. He said to me, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way, but you're coming with me. But it's the seriously like the most inhumane, crazy thing that you'll ever experience in your life. Before, nobody asked me what my story was or what had happened when I was there. After all these years, I assume nobody cared. I know so many people who deserved better than that. They were kids and they needed help. From APM Reports, KUER, and the Salt Lake Tribune, Sent Away premieres March 8th. Why is nobody stepping up and saying there needs to be some protocols, some regulations, some what the hell? Don't miss a single episode. Go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sent Away. While some Latter-day Saints have been able to leave, others are staying put, at least for now. Katya Serdyuk lives in a home outside Kiev with her daughter, son-in-law, and four grandchildren. She describes hearing the first bombs of the war to Tribune reporter Tamara Kemsley and how the Ukrainian Latter-day Saints have united. It was frightening. It was so loud. And uh, early in the morning, actually, I didn't, I wasn't asleep because I, I get up very early. <laughs> Living in in house for small children, I so I need time to work, so I get up very early at four in the morning to, to do my work. I work as a translator for the church uh, department, translation department here in Ukraine. Okay. Uh, so and that happened at five in the morning, and actually I I could see that people start started uh, texting to one another, and we didn't know. So uh, we live not far from the airport, Boryspol. Uh, here in Kiev, actually, and so we could think that something happened there, and it did happen there in the town of Boryspil. 
but uh, those were um, our troops uh, destroying some drones. And was that Thursday morning then? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Actually, we celebrated my grandson's birthday, the 23rd. <laughs> it was our last <laughs> peaceful day. We went to the museum and then we went to eat somewhere uh, out altogether. And then, uh, so at night it happened, yes, early in the morning on Thursday it happened. Have you all experienced since that bombing started? What's life like, been like? Uh huh. Uh, first of all, we were well prepared. Of course, it wasn't a big surprise. Uh, from the one hand, from the one hand, we, we hoped so much it wouldn't happen. But from the other hand, uh, we were encouraged by the church leaders and by the church policy to be prepared for this kind of situation. And so we and living in a house, it's much easier than. Um, uh, in comparison with those who live in the apartment, because we were we are able to have a big supply, big storage of uh, food, and water and fuel, and we bought a generator uh, in case we don't have electricity. Uh, so, but uh, <laughs> yes, the people started panicking a little bit, and they went to the stores and to the gas gas stations, and they were some lines uh, but uh, during that same day on Thursday uh, my aging uh, also uh, neighbor she told that she needs some medicines she can't live without and so uh, I told her that we can go together we have a car I took her to the um, drugstore and she didn't she, she was able to buy all the necessary uh, medicines for her and then we went to the supermarket and so there wasn't panic, a lot of food, and you know, not so many people as early in the morning. Uh, but now, of course, um, the situation is that there is no gas at the gas stations, and so drugstores are closed, and um, supermarkets, uh, a lot of big lines to the supermarkets. Mm, yes. But we are safe because we have a good supply of everything. Because okay. we obeyed our uh, our stake leaders and church leaders. Sorry, what about your stake and church leaders? So we obeyed them oh, uh, because they encouraged us to be prepared to have this um, seventy-two uh, hour um, like kit, like in case we need uh, to just leave um, suddenly. So we also have this, um, but but we're still here in Kiev mm -hmm. mm -hmm. because uh, it's not it's not so easy to flee because the the only way people can flee is to the west, and it's a terrible traffic jam in that direction. Mm -hmm. What has what are some other ways that members of the church there in your community have supported each other? Uh, we we call to each other and we try to know the situation and we try to find out if anybody needs uh, help, especially elderly people and those people with young children, with the young children. And so many were able to flee uh, uh, some to the West. Some people 
um, have like they uh, left Kiev, but for the place it's not so far away from Kiev. Like they have some summer houses or relatives in the villages or anything like this. So they went to those directions. Uh, so somewhere closer to the earth, somewhere where they can live in the houses so to their relatives. Um, but some still stay in, in Kiev and so they they say they that feel it's better for them this, this way. We call to one another. You know what helps very much because as far as um, we are in this situation, of course we. I told you that we call to one another and text to one another. But what we feel is a big support from all around the world. Mm. Uh, people people. Uh, who, who know Ukrainians, who served here on their missions, young missionaries and all the missionaries and our friends. Uh, so for many years, we have a lot of friends, um, not only in the States, but in Europe and even in Russia. We have a lot of uh, friends in Russia who are very sympathetic and who are very sorry for their um, government uh, and they understand the situation and so, it's a big support and people pray for us. And we, we know about the power of prayer. We are just not ordinary people in the meaning like those who don't, who are not believers. We know about Esther, Esther who saved uh, a nation uh, with the prayer. <laughs> so, and we believe in the power of the prayer. And we know uh, the scriptures and all those stories from the scriptures. Um, so they help us to keep, uh, ourselves just in peace and to believe uh, that the Lord watches the situation mm. and uh, the truth it will prevail. Thank you for sharing that. The friends that you mentioned around the world, are they mostly uh, members of the church that you're referring to or all kinds of people? Um, Yes, those those whom we know, it's those are members of the church because those are missionaries from all those years who were here and right. their friends and those mostly, mostly they are the church members. Yes. Yeah, and that includes those in Russia. Yes. Yes. Actually, I am I am a uh, service missionary and I serve on pathway program. And um, in my group, uh, there, there are mostly people from Russia and Ukraine, and some people from um, West Europe. And yesterday we had our pathway gathering, and we didn't feel any enmity. Uh, we felt so. I didn't feel, <laughs> and I I can't even have this feeling like they are my enemies. The same I can tell you about those young people, and they just also expressed uh, their concern, and the, they are very sorry, and they they love Ukrainians, and some of them were uh, on mission here in Ukraine, and some of them are from Moscow, some of them are from Siberia, but and those young people um, they were very sorry, yeah. and they were very sorry, they were very sorry about the situation, and they were. Sincerely, I could see, I could feel that. And we had a wonderful time together, wonderful discussions um, by our pathway program, and we feel their support. And we know that there are many people in Russia who are just 
very sorry about the situation. Thank you for sharing that. I hope that you and your family remain safe. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Latter-day Saint Bogdan Prishepchuk lives about 50 miles south of Kyiv. He also spoke with producer Chris Samuels on Friday about his ward's preparation and the hourly prayers organized by the congregation. He started the interview by describing his emotions and resolve in the first few days of the war. His daughter, Dasha Wolf, who lives in Idaho, assisted with translating. So first, Bogdan, um, tell me just about what you've seen and experienced the, the past couple of days where you've lived. Перше Богдан, скажи, будь ласка, що ти помітив за ці пару днів, які ви жили? Що помітив, які у вас випробування чи що що ну, що ви що відбувається? Перший день страх. The first day it was fear. Second day fear and hate. And now we are ready to do things right. Our hearts and our minds are in the right path right now. And and what does that mean to to have your your heart and mind in the right place? Що це значить мати серце і розум на правильному місці? То есть ми не панікуємо. So we're not panicking. We're praying every, uh, almost every hour with the whole uh, word. So they basically they um, switch and they pray every hour um, different people from the word. When the bombs start shooting, uh, we take some of the members that don't have a safe place. We take them to the safe place and we uh, keep them overnight for safety. All this, uh, all the missionaries they uh, served in Ukraine, they keep sending support and uh, prayers and yeah, they've been very supportive. And and how much outreach or, or coordination has there been to make sure everyone is protected? Скільки вас було якось підтримки чи направлення, щоб вас якось захистити? So a few weeks before the war happened, um, some um, leaders, church leaders, came to the town and they. Um, told to people to start getting ready, and so they kind of announced some things. Um, so they, they told people to start getting ready to uh, get enough food and to prepare storages and things, uh, places where to hide. So then we broke down the, the ward into three groups that are responsible for different places. Those groups are um, include the youth from the ward and the priesthood. One of them is responsible for uh, food. The second one is for the evacuation and for for people how to gather them. And the third group is responsible for the people with uh, disabilities or that can't get things on their own. There's huge fights in Kiev now. Uh, so one of their military friends and one of them is taking care of one huge um, military base mm -hmm. and the other one is a really close friend of our family that is a soldier they're fighting right now one of them is fighting in Kiev the other one is fighting uh, close to Kiev as, as I'm sure you're aware there is a possibility of, uh, of a, a change in government as a result of this war. And Ukraine has had a lot more religious freedom than Russia. 
how would the church fare um, under Russia-backed leaders? And are you worried about the future as a Latter-day Saint in Ukraine? Так як ми всі знаємо, що є великий риск, тому що держава може помінятися ну, під Росією. І е, ми знаємо, що є в, на, в українці набагато більше свободи, е, релігіальної, релігіальної свободи, чим в Росії. І коли це, якщо це стане Росією, то е, що ми думаємо насчет того, що станеться з церквою, як це буде? Ну, по-перше. First of all, it's not going to happen because Packers, although Packers' uh, prayer was totally different, he wasn't talking about Russia, he was talking about Ukraine. That's when he gave a blessing to land of Ukraine in the 95. He said that this land will be covered with temples. Gordon Behinkley said that you will never... The whole world uh, thinks that we will lose because Russia is a super country that has a lot. A friend of mine is a professor and he said that his students and any any direction who's a journalist or who's draws pictures, anything that they do, they, they got the... Um, like guns or whatever the military stuff and they want to fight he was talking to me and crying over the phone how much courage they have that they're ready to die they 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 have no fear to fight for the country but we'll we'll stay together stay strong so basically let me tell you this um yeah they just don't like I know it's hard to understand, but because I come from there, I understand what he's saying. The, the country, like, if you read the history, these people, they're so spiritually, physically, and mentally strong for this and prepared that they're, they don't even want to have an option of giving up. Like, that's not even... And obviously, like, if you say, yeah, it's a big chance, they're like... Yeah, but we don't want to admit it. So, mm, I see. And I and anyone you ask, anyone will answer that. Bogdan, um, Splasiva, thank you very much for uh, taking the thank time to know. talk with us, and uh, we wish you all the best and and um, health and safety going forward. That was Bogdan Prishepchuk. As of Monday, he and his family were still in their home, where they reported bombings at a military installation a few miles away. Special thanks to Salt Lake Tribune reporter Tamara Kemsley and our producer, Chris Samuels, for continuing coverage on the war in Ukraine. Go to sltrib.com. We also remind our listeners that they can keep up on all the happenings in and about the church by subscribing to the Tribune's free Mormonland newsletter. Just go to sltrib.com to sign up, and we'll talk again next time on Mormonland. Mormonland.